Welcome to Throwing Wrenches, episode number 29. I'm Daryl Scott. And I'm Eric Stahl. And this is the auto podcast that apparently sucks at alliterations. <laughs> that wasn't my word. That was one of our uh, fans, Daryl. That was some fan feedback. Yeah. and uh, I think he was a friend of yours. He might have. Yeah. <laughs> he might have been. Um, no, I, we are always open to feedback, suggestions, comments, critiques, criticisms, but uh, we also need to learn what the word alliteration means, because isn't it like some poetry stuff where you make stuff rhyme, like rhyming couplets or something? Yes, I'm a poet and didn't know it, but apparently if I throw, <laughs> I can't remember what the title of the last episode was, but it was three C's or something like that. Something involving cheese. Yeah, cheese and uh, coronavirus, I think. Cheese, <laughs> cheddar, and cheddar cheese, coronavirus. I don't know. It sounded <laughs> like China, a, yeah. something you order at Applebee's. Anyways, on this episode, we have some wonderful, wonderful things in store. Eric, what do we have? We got some talk about projects going on in the Throwing Wrenches garages, Daryl. That's right. Guess what else is going on? The Beast. The Beast. The, the beast, beast is back. The Beast is back. And we're going to find out what happened on the Daytona track in a couple of different instances there. Yeah. United Kingdom and Los Angeles, they have something in common with Illinois. They mm. hate cars and leaf blowers. Wonderful. And Holden dies a quick death by paper. Thanks, GM. <laughs> All this and more on this latest episode of Throwing Wrenches. Stay tuned. A quick uh, thank you goes out to our two sponsors. We uh, we love our sponsors. Always have wonderful things to say about them, including the Casey Law Office, which uh, is available on the web, com. The Casey Law Office is dedicated to an honest practice of law and will fight to get the results you deserve. No matter what your legal need, you can contact Gabe Casey over at the Casey Law Office. Call, click, or stop by the office, and we'll uh, discuss the uh, Claims free of charge there. Casey Law Office, a modern legal practice dedicated to solving your legal issues. CLOPeoria.com. All right, and we're also sponsored by Fort's Toyota Pekin. Disclaimer, I work at Fort's Toyota, and Daryl's bought a couple of cars there. So. A few. Uh, anyway, Fort's Toyota is toyota-pekin.com. It's a family-owned small business located in the heart of central Illinois. We like to say it's 15 minutes from anywhere in North Pekin, and it's pretty darn close. Uh, Fort's Toyota Pekin lives the Toyota lifestyle, beautiful, functional, and high-quality cars and trucks that will stand the test of time no matter what your budget. Visit them at toyota-pekin.com or stop by Fort's at 120 Radio City Drive in North Pekin, 15 minutes from anywhere. Truth. Truth. Check, yeah. Try it. Try it. Try and prove me wrong. That's 15 right. minutes. Get baby. on your ways. <laughs> uh, speaking of cool apps, Patreon. Let's talk about Patreon. Yeah, I've actually added a few things on Patreon. So if you're a uh, Patreon subscriber, there's a base level, just like a buck or two a month, uh, and you get you get access to the stuff on there. But if you do the uh, three or four dollars, whatever, this is not much, folks. Yeah. Just looking for a few bucks, to kind of help the show, uh, pay for server fees and pay for these 
cables and cords and anything that breaks along the way. Domain registration. Yeah. But we got like these clips. Like last episode, we had 30 or 45 minutes of additional stuff. If you want to hear how much I hate my GoPro, mm-hmm. be a Patreon subscriber. You'll hear all about it. Here's a hint. He really, really hates it. <laughs> you can check that out. Patreon. You can also click the link on the top of this post. Is on uh, throwingwrenches.com. There's a link, yeah, throwingwrenches.com, just in the upper right. Just click on the Patreon link. We appreciate all the support, and we'll be sure to uh, give you a shout-out on the next show. Word. And if you want to get your hands, your grubby little mitts, on a Throwing Wrenches sticker, well, there's a great way you can do that. If you want to toss us some Apple reviews, some feedback there, we would love to hear that. You can just go to the Apple Podcast link. That's also a link on this posting here. You can just search it up, too. It's a free country. Why not? Get the sticker, leave us a little feedback, and let us know uh, how to get a hold of you. You can also send us an email there at info at throwingwrenches.com and say, hey, man, I did the deed. Where's my sticker? <laughs> I want my sticker. Yeah, we'll get that to you. Yeah. I, the, Miss Scott needed a sticker. I just about ran out to her car and slapped one on her car the other day because we couldn't figure out which car was hers in the service lane. You should have. You know, on the way over here, <laughs> I actually drove past another Highlander that looked like hers, same yeah. color and everything. And I'm like, why is she following me? <laughs> Sorry. I didn't. I don't. Sarah, I know you don't follow me. But... I know she listens, so uh, you better be careful, pal. Yeah. Tread water. Yeah. Hey, if you don't know who my host is, Daryl Scott, let me Uh-oh. tell you a little bit about him. <laughs> He's got the smooth vocal tones that bring the podcast listeners to the yard. Mm. He's an ex-radio pro and a car guy on the side. See him at the first Cars and Coffee with a pocket full of Throne Wrenches stickers. I'll be there. I'll be there. And if you don't know my co-host, Eric Stahl, the world, well, it needs a leader. A strong man who can cut through red tape and even duct tape. He just rips it with his teeth. I've seen it. I've seen it. So you get to throw his hat into the ring here in 2020 right now when the world needs him most? Probably not. He's a well-intentioned man about town. He's Eric Stahl. Thanks, Daryl. That's a Kinks reference, by the way. The well-intentioned man about town? I think so. Hmm. Sounds like an XTC lyric, too. But... It, oh, yeah. 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 Anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening. Just about went down the rabbit hole there. Totally Sorry. geek out <laughs> yeah. and lose half of our listeners. Uh, let's talk about projects. I know it's winter. We're in the, the, the last final vestiges here of winter. Uh, spring's going to be here. We're going to see some cars and coffee. We're going to get out and see some shows and events. But right now... Eric, what are you doing while you're holed up in the garage in the wintertime? So uh, it was really cool. We had a uh, Tacoma trade-in the other day with 15-inch tires on it. Yeah. It had snow tires on it. Very nice. I'm like, oh, what are we doing with those? <laughs> and uh, we can't put them on the lot with snow tires. But uh, Mr. Ford said, well, we should just sell that vehicle with these new snow tires in case the next person wants them. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But I got my eye on them. The next owner says, I don't need snow tires. Uh, Red Mist has some 15-inch rims. Going to jump uh, on that? Yeah. Red Mist will be uh, lifted on its coilovers and okay. I think some 15-inch, uh, I think 75 profiles, <laughs> sidewall snow tires Real will be going knobby. on that. Oh, yeah. So uh, the, the problem I have with Red Mist, and I don't think I brought this up in the last show, it's clattering now and I turn it to the right, so I'm going to have an mm. axle in my, my near future because okay. I don't think I can. I blew an axle the last time I went on the autocross course with the uh, sh- the tires, the, the sticky tires. So, yeah. So if I already got the rattle. It's time. It's time. Yeah. Did you have you done them before? An axle? I yeah. did. I did one. The first time I put those sticky tires on, I had the clutch done. I went out in the back lot of forts and just jumped on that thing. Yeah. And just blew an axle to bits. I, bar- <laughs> I barely got it back in the store. It was just metal was dripping out underneath it and, and not goo. Good. Oh yeah, it was. It was actually pretty hilarious. Oh, it's good thing that went. Not yeah. like you know. Trans. On the course. Well, what what have sucked is if I would have. I, I was pretty hard on the back lot, but Red Mist, by the way, folks. Oh yeah, 1990. Sorry. 1990 Celica GT. There you go. Five speed. She's a two hundred dollar beauty. The head gasket was blown when I got it, but uh, we've we've resuscitated her, done some mechanical stuff. I actually have bought two other Celicas in the meantime to piecemeal out 
all equivalent $200 cars. And we've, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got some stuff laying around. So you got spare parts for years. Well, kind of. I stole stuff from those other cars. And, you know, anyway. <laughs> okay. Those other cars are now gone. Um, but this car is the, the autocross car that my daughter and I have used. But the very first autocross, if I would have gone out there and had that axle be weak and not gotten on it, I would have been so disappointed. Yeah. That first autocross would have blown an axle my first time out on the track. So it was the best thing to do. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what I, it's a cautionary tale. <laughs> if you're serious about competing on an autocross or a drag strip, you get the sticky tires, just be prepared. Yeah. Be prepared. You're going to start breaking stuff. Yeah. Oh, the, no, there's a reason. The tires are the weak point. The very first time, I actually I take this back, the very first time I autocrossed with that car, I had takeoffs from a Camry and they squealed and they just roared. You know, it's like, every time I hit a turn, people were just like looking at me like, what is this guy doing? But you know what? The stress point on the car was the was the traction on the road? I couldn't hurt that car, yeah, because I, I was giving it all away on the on the slide. Won't so going anywhere, yeah. Once you once you're not sliding, something else is going to start giving up. So you'll find out how how solid that thirty year old car is at that point, right? Well, yeah, and so you're going to toss some a uh, new axle in there and kind of get it ready here. What what's your first race of the season? You're going to try to unveil it. So you know what's funny, and we should talk about this, but the Central Illinois SCCA. They haven't posted their events this year. I know they got some stuff lined up. They would talk about posting their schedule. They haven't done it. Okay. Uh, I, I don't want to say I'm irritated, but uh, I, I don't know what's going on. And I've had a couple of my employees asking what's going on because we got some cars at work we want to do. And we got some new employees. Rich, uh, yeah. you know, for example, you know, Rich, he wants to, to drive our FRS and that get stuff. Involved. And, sure. Yeah. So I'd like to get involved. I know that uh, Champagne has got it. Champagne does a great job. They have tons of volunteers, they have many resources. So, you know, Dean and those guys do a great job. And Dean sure. wants to do another show, actually. We should probably make yeah. that happen. Well, he got a new vet, new to him. Yeah. So yeah. We, need to, we need to actually check that out and get some pictures and uh, see what's going on. So I'll probably, it'll probably be my first event. It'll probably be Rantoul, if I had to guess. Okay. And it probably won't be in that Celica because we're going to have a Supra that's up and going. And i got to tell you, after driving Gabe's Supra up to Detail Peoria, um, I just might have to drive. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Wow. Okay. You know, I, I, there's something about driving just a beater four-cylinder, but there's some serious smooth power in that Supra. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. We'll watch for you in that. You know, it's it's my duty as an employee and a representative of the store to make sure that that car is there and performing. So Absolutely, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is it is part of your job responsibilities. <laughs> yeah, anyway. should be. So that's enough about me. Daryl, what do you got going on in the, uh, oh, the Scott garage? Oh, not too much. Not too much. Um I've actually found a pretty good deal on tires. We were talking uh, about tires here and then before the show a little bit. Um, for the the 69 Volvo I have, we call it Bork, like the Swedish chef. People are like, what's Bork? I don't she's, understand. She's a beautiful piece. And if you go through the Throwing Wrenches pages, you'll see pictures of Bork. Yeah. yeah it's, a, it's a fun little little car. She it's, usually is a cameo in some of our, our covers of our episodes. Actually, yeah. I would autocross that car if it, <laughs> A, wasn't full of rust and B, <laughs> wasn't an automatic uh, so someday maybe I will. I don't There's know. Some guys who do midgets and stuff like that, but but they don't get on them. Yeah, and I I just don't see what the point is. I mean, I'd I'd rather take my daily driver at that point. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I, I don't know. I might do some vintage road racing or something with that. Which is more about like, that. That would be more fun. It'd be more fun. We'll see. But anyways, the uh, the tires that are on there are from 1994. I've got the uh, got the receipts from the previous original owner, and I think they're like. Vision or Vision, like there's some brand that doesn't Vizio? exist. Yeah, I don't, they make <laughs> they TVs, make TVs now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, as we were heading over, actually, you and I we met up at the British Car Show in Bloomington, yeah. mm-hmm. and that was the longest trip I took. I, I, I had the thing on seventy four, and 
uh, just went through the brakes, got the thing back on the road after being off the road since 94, when these tires are from. <laughs> I got a receipt from, like, Sears, you know. And um, I was going about 70, passing a truck, and it got a little oh, bit of a vibration going man. on. You're, you're, and I, I would have been on 150 all the way down there, which is a, a two-lane blacktop next to the interstate. Yeah, I, I went that way home. <laughs> after my wife looks over at me, and she goes, after, you know, a little bit of vibration, the car's just singing, you know, yeah, just oh, a yeah. nice little B24 cylinder just, run, just running out. And she looks over at me, she goes, how old are these tires? And I said, uh, 25 plus, I don't know. Older than our marriage. Yeah, longer than we've been together. And she's like, you need to slow down, and we're not taking the interstate home. So I remedied that, got through the season. Uh, they still hold air, mostly, three of them. And uh, 51 bucks a piece, I found some tires called Classic White Wall or something, or Classic Ooh. Radial something or other. They're made in China. They're terrible, probably, but they're fresh rubber. Made in China. There's a shocker. Isn't yeah. every tire made in China? China or Korea or Japan. Except for Firestone. Yeah. Uh, a place called Tire America. Not Discount Tire. <laughs> not TireRack.com. TireRack wanted 90-some dollars. 92 bucks a piece. I found these same ones for 51 through Tire America. Who knows? Maybe they're from 1997. 19, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're slightly newer. You got white walls? Uh, no, the picture on several sites showed white walls, and yeah. I'm like, oh, sweet, that's what it came with. That's what, and, and apparently <laughs> they are not white walls. So, anyways, I did that. was written in Chinese somewhere on there. I think so. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I'll get them mounted up, and uh, I'm looking forward to putting some more miles on the Volvo once weather warms up. I'm going to get some exhaust work done, some other things, so we'll see. And taking on some, some carb rebuilds. I, I've done a couple for friends because people are starting to run out of places to send their carburetors. They're, they're, you know, not like, I'm not talking like Hollies or, you know, like real nice, yeah. you know, high-end race stuff. Just daily old car, carburetors. Places don't do them anymore. The old guys are dying off. They don't want to mess with them. There's a guy in New Hampshire, I guess, that quoted my friend. Uh, he's got a Motorcraft four-barrel on his 78 Lincoln. Um, quoted him $550. And a 16-week turnaround time. Uh, see, and that's uh, Manny Rockhold done at Peking Machine. I mean, his his turnaround on uh, the stuff he does down there, he could be talking like six months to a year on some of this stuff. Serious. Yeah. It's just there, There's a need for people to do this work. Skilled. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. 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 We send stuff down to uh, Peking Machine every once in a while for just, just check for cracks, check for leaks. We got a you know, head. We want to check for warp or anything sure. like that. Because there's no tolerance anymore in the new cars for warpage. And uh, when they send me back the part and the bill for like sixty bucks for checking for cracks and straightness, I'm like you could double or triple that price and people would pay it because nobody else is doing this stuff. Nobody's going here. to, yeah, yeah. And it's only going to get worse. Uh, I uh, unfortunately, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those things. I don't mind rebuilding carbs, but I I can't be the only person. And where, yeah, like you said, ten, fifteen, twenty years from now, mm-hmm. where are you going to turn? No. Uh, actually, Manny, if people who know him, he's from Pekin, uh, but he actually worked at George Barris's shop. He was a Mercedes tech for oh, a short really? time, yeah. So he would be a great talk. I don't know if we get him on the show or not. He doesn't seem like he's going to be the social type, but yeah, uh, really cool guy. Been doing it for a long time. He's seen some apprentices come through his shop, and just nothing stuck. And I, I think he has some feelings on the nature of the business. So. Yeah, I'd love to love to talk with him. Yeah. And, and as a kid, I remember going to a couple machine shops and watching watching all the stuff you know, get redone and cylinders honed out and valve guides put, put in. And there is such an art to that, but also a lot of science, a lot of math, a lot of, I mean, you've got to be sharp. And anybody who has this, like, 
I don't know, kind of a predisposition of like, oh, you're just going to work, you build motors, you, you just work in a machine shop. Like that is, that's precision no, stuff. No, no, we had to have measure a differential for us because we had to stack some uh, spacers and because uh, we were putting an air locker in one. Uh-huh. It just wasn't, you know, the directions from air locker from air B were not right. And uh, my guys, you know, they could do the plastic age and all that stuff. But really, by the time my guy spends two or three hours on this, I've I've lost a lot of money. So uh sent down to him, and he got it set up and measured and everything. And he still wasn't – he'd never done one of those before, but, but he had a pretty good idea what he was looking for. So Setting, like, went, backlash and yeah, all it, that. Yeah, it went a lot faster. When he was done with it, it turned smoother. You could tell he knew what he was doing. So And that's the difference. If you yeah. want to you want to spend the time and do it right – so that you're not, yeah, we can put that in, and then yeah. you know, two thousand miles down the road, the it's rear end's howling. Yeah. yeah, forget that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, all right, you ready to move on to the first segment of the show, Daryl? I think so. We're going to take a look at some headlines. Yeah, let's go to the international headlines. Da, 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 da. All right, all right. As we promised you earlier in the show, uh, Holden has been axed in Australia by General Motors as they get out of right-hand drive globally. Uh, that headline was stolen from somewhere, and I, I usually uh, tag the article there. I guess we're going to have to find it. But anyway, Holden was, will be axed in Australia at the end of 2020, just three years after the end of local manufacturing, the lowest monthly sales since it was established in 1926, as U.S. car giant General Motors gets out of the right-hand drive markets globally. Mm-hmm. That part of the whole conversation, I mm-hmm. guess, gets dropped on that. So really, GM has nothing right-hand drive anywhere in the world? They're just saying those are markets we aren't going to compete in, we period. Gave, we gave up on. Well, when you think about it, besides Japan, the U.K., and Australia... I think that's it. Are there any other? This is me being stupid. No. Are there any of the countries that that have right hand drive? Uh, Ireland is right hand drive too, isn't it? Yeah, like the, yeah, all yeah, the UK. Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. You know, yeah, most of mainland Europe is is left hand drive. France, Germany, all that. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it is interesting though. You know, a lot of when I look at the makes and models they see now from the the Asian makes, mm-hmm. uh, the dash is interchangeable one way or the other. A lot of everything symmetrical. A lot of everything's been put like center. Of dash, so they know they can go either way on them. Certainly, yeah. all the Priuses and all the small cars are that way. Makes so they, sense. Yeah, but uh, it's just funny to me that they would just dip out like that. I mean, it, it's not a huge market, no. But at the same time, Holden did export to a lot of places in Asia. But three years ago, they were done. <laughs> they were they were all American made at that point. I don't know. I don't. I, I know. It seems it seems like that wouldn't make sense from a shipping and logistics standpoint, but maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It depends on currency, too. They will keep 200 people in the country of the U.K. to handle ongoing service and warranty commitments for up to 10 years. I can tell you from my history of dealing with Suzuki and Isuzu, as, yeah. those, as those manufacturers fade out, Good luck. Good luck with that. Have, have a nice time trying to get service. But uh, on the flip side, there may be GM and you know Chevy stores there. But that can, if they're getting out of right-hand drive, then they, they, they won't be there. That's also a climate, though, that supports uh, vehicle longevity. You're not going to have stuff that rusts out unless they crash them yeah. or they blow them up. They're, I mean, there's stuff – I mean, there's probably old – And like, I think they're loyal to that brand. That, that they'll, they'll, they are. They'll, they'll be people who are holding shops probably for a long time. There were a lot of people that were – I think the government – in Australia was was crucial, kind of like British Leyland and stuff. I think in some point after World War II, 
the Australian government was pretty hands-on when it came to Holden's manufacturer mm-hmm. in terms of, I don't know if it was sending like subsidies or tax money or something to incentivize that workforce after the war and to also have kind of a quote-unquote like national automaker. Wow, federal assistance for a, a giant <laughs> manufacturer? It Do tell, Daryl. I didn't know that ever worked. It didn't end well. Yeah. Well, people people <laughs> stood behind them. And Holden was a really, I mean, the, the was it EK, FK, like in the 50s, they were really popular. They, in the 60s, you had HXs and like the Monero came out. And uh, I'm trying to remember some of the other ones. Like they had kind of sporty, uh, I think the Monero was kind of like the, like the Chevelle. Um, they had some other ones that were just beautiful cars. And Australia was always big with, if there ever was a market where it was like, yeah, can we get a big Amoda? Like that was Australia. It wasn't. Whereas the UK, a lot of like European countries were kind of like downsizing and efficiency and stuff. Australia's like, I want to have the biggest motor because yeah, it's four pounds a liter for gas there. That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, I I'm really saddened by this. Uh, anybody who was into like the old Utes, the sport utilities, which mm-hmm. is kind of like the El Caminos, like that was still kind of a, a cultural oddity that Holden embraced. The Commodores, the big Caprices, which by the way, like. The the Pontiac GTOs that we had in the 2000s, that was a Holden Monero that was rebadged and branded here. The, the the police cars, the Chevy Caprices, those were all Holdens. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the Cadillacs, I think, maybe like the CTSs, or like, one of those chassis was a Holden. They made really good stuff. It just, for whatever reason, none of it stuck. I don't it's know. Too bad. Yeah. No. Another one bites the dust, Daryl. Guess so. Yeah. yeah all right. Nice. So, well, okay, so we talked about this earlier. We got uh, Los Angeles and uh, UK got something in common here. What's going on? They do. It looks like the UK's deadline for killing off vehicles powered by fossil fuels keeps moving forward. Uh, originally, that was set to 20, what was it, 20? 20, 2040 was the deadline, then 2035 is is now pu- pushing up, and I think they're even going beyond that now. Yeah, it looks like Transportation Secretary Grant Shapps said Shaps. And Prime Minister Boris Johnson's government is seeking to end the sale of new gasoline and diesel cars in the UK by 2032. That's to meet a goal for net zero emissions by the middle of the century. So that'd be 2050. So they want to want to keep moving that uh, that that target up. Uh, three years earlier uh, than the 2035 date that Boris Johnson announced recently is last week. Uh, and eight years earlier than the 2040 deadline announced two and a half years ago. We've talked about 2040 and 2030 are big yeah, critical yeah, years. Yeah, 2030 is the big one for the very progressives, and 2040 is like for the lollygaggers who are like, oh, we're going to wait and see. <laughs> That's such a British. <laughs> the lollygaggers. Lollygaggers. Yeah, taking their time with the, the petrol. Their bits and bobs. <laughs> yeah, bits and bobbles. It is likely to fuel concerns from the U.K. automakers, which have already warned that uh, the 2035 Who's goal. Who's left making cars in the U.K.? That's what well, I want to know. Is Jaguar, Jaguar still technically British? Maybe. They're not Tata? Did they get away from Tata? We underestimate, too, Ford in the U.K. Is oh, that's true. That's I, true. I think Ford still holds a, a kind of a stronghold there. As I know from the little diesel I drove there last year. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So I, they're, the automakers, of course, in the U.K., they're saying, well, sure, you can pass and move whatever legislation you want. Uh, we just we need to have some incentives. We need to have some more money to make that uh, investment in the research and make it happen. I don't know. Uh, to me, that seems like a huge leap, and I'm worried that what that means for other nations that are on the fence. I, I think there's there's other nations that are kind of cautiously watching how this plays out in Europe. Scandinavia, I think, uh, Sweden or Norway, I think yeah. they're doing the same thing. 
and uh, you've had automakers that have doubled down and said we're not going to make anything uh, gas or diesel powered after this date. Yeah, and and, and and we've had some conversations about some manufacturers kicking back on California too. Mm. I don't. The thing about UK is from from the top of Scotland from Inverness down to London is basically equivalent driving from Chicago to Carbondale. It's you know, farmland. It's it's an it's. The country is the size of Illinois. So, you know, for me to say, oh, we need to make electric cars for everybody, blah, blah. Well, a 400-mile range electric car will probably get you across 90% of that country. So it's a lot easier said than done here in the United States, I believe. Yeah, different terrain, different... uh, Different needs, different capacities. You know, we just... I, I can't stop every 400 miles and spend two hours at a coffee shop waiting for my car to charge up. Well, and overseas, you don't have to. Yeah. It seems also that overseas uh, in the UK, there there's a lot more transportation options, public transportation, mm-hmm. even you know rail. That we've talked about the rail system. That's true. Really, even the point of car ownership there is almost moot. If you're if you're near London or you live, I mean, they're going to ban cars in London too, from the sounds of it. So, I mean, they pretty much have made it so difficult, if not impossible, to bring a car into London. Yeah, it's like New York City. Um, so. You know, maybe this isn't that big of a departure because, yeah, the public transit there is much better than here, and I, I've taken some of it. So, yeah, uh, the trains are excellent. They make Amtrak here look like uh, they look like you know you're a vagabond <laughs> in a freight train. <laughs> hey, let's let's hop on the boxcar. Yeah. That's that's what Amtrak feels like versus the luxury accommodations and just a a run from Oxford to London. It's uh, you know for a couple pounds, it's crazy. Well, they have the, uh, culturally. I mean, talk about differences there. Culturally, you know, post war. We invested in the interstate systems, yeah. and entire cities reshaped the urban core, the suburban areas. They, I mean, strip malls, shopping centers, all that stuff, <laughs> drive-through restaurants, all those things are uniquely American. We've exported a lot of that, but yeah. over in the U.K., it's still very much... We've had land to spare. Yeah. 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 Yeah, over there, parking lots are discreetly hidden behind buildings, and you got to pay, you know, to to park there. Whereas here, it's just like, hey, there's a Dollar General with 50 parking spots on front, but that are never full. No, you know, no, <laughs> they could literally have one third the parking spaces. But by God, we're going to pave that whole space. I'm still amazed. Our local airport here doesn't charge for parking. Yeah, people are like, oh, that's great. I can just park my car here and fly and go away for yeah. two weeks, I'll come be- back. Be doing that tomorrow. It's fine. That's fine. that's uh, hey, you know what? It makes when I fly when I go to O'Hare next month, I'm going to pay a hundred dollars to park for the week or whatever yeah, it is. See, that's that's insane. And still have to drive two hours to get there. Yeah, still not... cheaper than flying or using the train from the local place, though. So, yeah, that's a trade-off, I guess. So maybe the British are doing it right. I don't know. I, I doubt it. Anyways, Daryl, I don't know if you were aware of this or not, but on our last episode two weeks ago, I think we were ahead of the curve on the coronavirus. Are you serious? Yeah. I don't think people had an idea how much this was actually going to affect supply chain. But uh, the article here from Fox Business was, coronavirus takes its toll on the China auto sales. They're likely to have fallen 18% in January, their 19th consecutive month of decline. So they were already in trouble anyway. Mm. Uh, the industry body said that the outbreak of the new coronavirus has begun to hit the industry. Sales of new vehicles plunged 54% down for the wow. seventh month in a row. Local governments began imposing travel curbs and warning residents to avoid public spaces in the last two weeks of January. Industry executives said the epidemic was likely to wreak havoc on auto sales and the production in the first quarter. It's uh, kind of scary, actually. This is affecting the growth as, as a country, their GDP, and uh, they're predicting sales are likely to shrink 2% from 2020 for the third consecutive year of contraction. It's 
we're not done yet. I don't know what's going on. The cruise ships now are unloading. They're yeah. saying a thousand people are dead, but now we don't even know if China's really even telling the truth. Nobody really knows what's going on there. Eric, are you suggesting that the truth is not in the Chinese government-run no. media? Oh, I think somebody knows the truth somewhere, but they're certainly not sharing with everybody. But here's the other part about that, because I've thought about this. If you have four billion people or whatever is in that country, uh-huh. how do you manage that? It's unmanageable. At some point, you, I mean, how, you you can't. In the urban areas, you can't. No. How do you lay edicts and, and rules down for a whole country to lock it down when you have billions of people running around? It's, I mean, I, I'm i not saying you rule by an iron fist, but uh, that that's why you have all these rules because you have to have blanket coverage just to, to, to deal with situations like yeah. this. But at the same time. Freedom of speech goes a long way to tell people what's really happening. Yeah, and and, I, and I'm not condoning. It sounds like I'm I'm saying that that's okay. No, no. But I'm, I but I know why it's there, and uh, and it's very convenient for the Chinese government to say, yeah, no freedom of speech because we don't want you guys talking too much because there's too many people to have too many opinions. Right. Yeah, and everybody everybody wants to kind of believe the same thing and and pick up whatever arms i get it at the same time it's a very serious issue and uh, we're seeing some ripple effects here in the in in all kinds of industries but also supply chain auto automakers um i think the the bigger takeaway here besides you know hopefully coronavirus gets a vaccine and all that fun stuff but uh the bigger takeaway is it sounds like 2020 is another kind of downslide of sales and things like that I remember 10 years ago, everybody was talking about the Chinese middle class oh, growing. Yeah. China, and like China, 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 GM. Emerging speaking, market. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to be, you know. And, well, and Elon just built a gigafactory over there, too, and they're already talking about how that's affecting, you know, Tesla uh, production and sales, too. In, their, in, in that home market, though, a lot of that stuff was, was designed for export, right? Yeah. It was cheaper labor. I think so. Like that, I, think that, uh, I, I think the Tesla factory, though, was to sell in Asia. Was it? Yeah, because they, they're they're building in California. They're going to build in Germany, and uh, anyway. Yeah, keep the keep the shipping, keep the keep their fossil fuels and their net. Have you zero. watched the bat butchering videos? Have you watched this whole thing? This no. whole thing started from somebody eating a bat, supposedly. What? Yeah, like, like Ozzy Osbourne style. Yeah. yeah. So apparently, oh. bats are like a diet in Thailand. There's a guy in Thailand who's like, he sells bats for human consumption. Okay. And if you want to see something absolutely disgusting, the guy first off he flames the bats, gets all the hair off of them, and then they butcher them like little like little rabbits. It's disgusting. Well, anyway, supposedly this whole thing. <laughs> How did you find this video? Because by this the is way. what this is what people I know do. You know, I got <laughs> okay. the service advisor who shows me a video. I'm like, oh my god, I can't forget this. Um, but anyway, you know, chop chop chop, and there you got bat for your bat stew or whatever. It's Wow. It's okay. the grossest thing in the world, but apparently one of these bats wasn't cooked well enough. It's kind of like the, uh, was that Kreutzfeld Yakov or whatever, you know? Yeah, the, Kreutzfeld Jakob's disease. Yeah, yeah. I mean, which is like what? The mad cow deer? Yeah, yeah. so yeah. this is kind of like the mad cow bats or something. I don't know what's going on. There's some weird stuff, like neurological stuff that can go down. Yeah. When we lived in Indiana, there was a place that sold pig brain sandwiches. <laughs> They had a write-up in the Tribune. Oh, these are delicious. you got to have these fried <laughs> brain sandwiches. Anytime brains come, you don't eat brains. No, don't do it. 
no. And then people got like mad yeah. cow, and yeah. like yeah. turns out that's probably not something to have on the menu. Yeah, yeah. Just stick to normal things like yeah. chicken nuggets. Yeah. I think everybody would be anyway. better off. Hey, and you know what? That's just something I saw in the video, so don't don't take this as news. Uh, I'm not saying it's brain disease, but I'm saying it's a brain disease, okay? <laughs> all right, all right. So let's get back to more normal things, like maybe the presidential limousine taking a lap at the Daytona 500. That's normal, right? Yeah. Uh, this is uh, my uh, my car. Me and Melania are going to take a spin. I really, really want to see the beast banking. You want to see it on that curve? I just... did. I thought it'd be on the curve, and so I was really disappointed when uh, Trump took the beast out at Daytona Beach Turn at the four. Daytona 500 2020 and uh, <laughs> stopped and uh, said, uh, gentlemen, start your engines. Yeah. This is my Italian mafia Donald Trump voice, by the way. It, it uh, works. But then he took the uh, presidential motorcade and he uh, went around the skirt of the track. And uh, I don't know if he waved out the window. I mean, with the Beast, if you go back to episode four or five or something like that, we yeah. did a expose on the Beast. It did. And, uh, I mean, Trump could have waved a gun out out the window. It's America. And it would have been great. But uh, that's not what happened. Yeah. He, he just, I think he might have waved. I, actually, he probably kept the window up. T-shirt cannon? That would have been good. Yeah. I think so. Actual cannon. <laughs> 22,000 pounds, the Beast. It's it's huge, but it, but this car has the capability that it could have. Ra- I think it has like a max speed of 150 miles an hour. Yeah, it's got. Uh, I think a big like Duramax, you know, turbo diesel, twenty thousand pounds or something like that. It's huge. Yeah. it's a it's a beefy, and of course it's all armored up. Yeah. It, you know, it's got all the bells and whistles. I mean, it's probably got like you know, heated leather seats and uh, you know missiles and <laughs> all kinds of cool stuff. But, but yeah, I w- I'm with you. I would have loved to have seen this thing just give it all. Its- and I'm surprised Trump didn't say, hey, you know, take this thing out. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah. Hit it. Punch it. Punch it. Rico. Punch it. <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was kind of neat to see. Uh, definitely a first. It was historic. Uh, and and, and uh, a lot of folks, of course, saw it as a reelection pitch. Uh, you know, a little campaign stuff. Only the there. second president to be at Daytona. Who was the first? I don't know. I just saw that stat the other day. And, of course, I should have read the article, but I'm just kind of a you know, three-second guy, and I didn't care enough. So. I wonder if it was like JFK. I doubt it. You know, somebody cool. Yeah, it could have been Eisenhower or something Gentlemen, like that. Gentlemen, uh, Irish, start your engines. Gentlemen. <laughs> this is going to turn into a Eric and Daryl do bad presidential impressions. Gentlemen. Yeah. Anyway. Well, uh, your <laughs> engines. I don't know. I, I'm going to look that up. Yeah. All right. Uh, Ryan Newman, uh, by the way, had a yes, terrible yes. crash. I mean, so I guess 25 laps in or to, to the very end, there was a couple crashes. And then the very last last push on the white flag, uh, Ryan Newman had a pretty bad crash. At the time of this show, which is the day after the uh, rain delay, uh, this is Tuesday recording it, um, he's in critical condition, but they say yeah. he's going to be okay. He's going to race again. Yeah, I guess he was responsive in the pits. Uh, there was an awful lot of uh, really bad mojo going on. There were people that were tweeting and people that were taking pictures. And they yeah. said there were black sheets on the car. They put, and, they put the black sheets up so people didn't see him get pulled from the car. And then there was yeah. he's not responding on the, the microphone and stuff like that. You know, like, but it was what, a gnarly hit. It was from, a gnarly hit. What we saw, yeah. But it, it, this car shredded like paper. I mean, when it went up in the air, it reminded me of like something at Spoon River Speedway, like sheet metal everywhere. I'm like. This car doesn't look like there's anything left to it. Now, the cage in the middle literally looked like an India, Indy car or Formula car was like tucked yeah. in the middle of this thing, which mm-hmm. is really, really crazy and great. Um, but it was crazy to me. The, the the full body of that car just evaporated. It did. It, and I think a lot of that stuff, I know with funny cars, I'm more familiar with drag racing stuff than Daytona but um, and NASCARs. But I know a lot of that stuff is designed to blow away and kind of get out of the way. Yeah. And then, you know, you're obviously, you're, 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 roll cage and all that's supposed to protect you but 
damn, that was that was quite a hit and uh, definitely a show. And I know um, there were a lot of people that were that were sharing, you know, hey, congrats to uh, Denny uh, Hamlin, Denny Hamlin, the Toyota team, whatever. And and people were like, how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> There's a man lying dead on the, on and the it, racetrack. That's my Christian Bale is a uh, you know, Batman. <laughs> how dare you? No, it sucks. And uh, and we definitely, uh, Eric and I, of course, I'm not speaking for Eric, but I'm going to. He's going to attempt it. Hopefully, you know, everything with Ryan uh, works out and he recovers. Uh, racing, as we've known for many, many decades now, there's always that risk. You're always, you're, 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 you're defying gravity, you're defying physics, you're defying all kinds of things. There's a madness involved there. And yeah. how many hours do these guys spend in those cars? I mean, I think uh, Denny Hamlin even said, you know, uh, we try and be safe and do everything, but accidents happen. And, you know, yeah. it. It is nuts when you see the speed these guys go. The other thing about this is now, and I watched a little bit, of, a few of the clips from Daytona, even on my computer. We're talking 4K resolution now. I can see every speck of that car vaporized. You know, there was a time, yeah. even 10 years ago, when you watch some clips of this stuff, you're like, eh, it looks pretty bad. You can see it, it's full spectacular, you know, vision. It's it's unbelievable the detail, and it looks that much more graphic. It, it looks does. horrible. It does, and then you have to remind yourself, like, this is this a game? Is this real yeah. life? Like, yeah. what is this? Uh, brings back all the memories, of course, of uh, of Dale Earnhardt Sr. and, and that, it, and that was what everybody. Oh, Dale yeah. died. You know, going. I'm like, this wasn't Dale. This was nothing like Dale. Yeah. You know, Dale went right. I mean, just boom, right in the wall. And that was what 2001. I think it was yeah, like 20 years ago or 2000. Yeah. Think of all the. I think he literally like died like today or something 20 years ago. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Um, yeah, I. It's uh, it, we don't. I don't watch Daytona. I'm not a NASCAR guy like you, but uh, it was pretty pretty amazing. I'm I'm glad he's gonna be all right. You know, I look back at like Alex and RD and stuff like that. Lost both of his legs, still races. Right? Form, is he Formula One? Yeah, yeah. And so I, I'm optimistic he'll race again. You know, me too, me too. But uh, racing is always and always will be dangerous. Uh, very dangerous. Well, that's the point. It's cutting edge. It's new technology. Did you notice every time there was a skirmish, every time a car even touched another car, if you breathe too close to a car, it was throwing sparks on the road. Yeah. I mean, how low are these things? How how low slung? Everything is literally virtually, what, millimeters from the pavement there? It's like riding the edge of a knife. It's friggin' nuts. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, and I, I read too, I mean, I, I wasn't that familiar with with newman i mean i i've kind of fallen out with with the nascar stuff you and newman fell out uh, well no newman, no newman, newman. <laughs> no but i read you know it's 42 years old and i'm thinking to myself i'm looking at some of the younger drivers coming up they all look yeah. like babies yeah. you know i'm like yeah. oh man 42 and i know my reaction time yeah and my <laughs> ability to judge anything speed or or distance or even driving at night i'm like man that's that's up there so uh, again, he was. There was a little bit of a nudge behind him. There was all kinds of contributing factors. But um, as uh, as Robert Duvall's character in Days of Thunder said, "Rubbing his racing." And, that's that's your default to go. That's to my it. default. Yeah, that's yeah. my default. I watch this terrible John Travolta movie about dirt track racing. It was on Amazon. And uh, oh, wait a minute! Did Is you it see? really old? Yeah, it just came out. It's brand new. It's really bad. Really? Yeah, I'll have to find it. I think it's called Dirt track or something like that <laughs> dirt track dirt track R. yeah <laughs> it looks like it was filmed in fairbury by the way uh the other president who showed up at daytona 500 yeah george w bush george w bush yeah. uh, they're, they're the uh, only ones. gentlemen uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have you start your engines yeah there you go good yeah. i like it Darryl, thank you daryl's got it locked down 
Tune All right. into our other podcast yeah. <laughs> in the future. Bad imitation. Bad. And Daryl. Yeah. All right. Uh, more national news here for you from the Los Angeles Times. A proposal has been introduced by the Los Angeles Councilman Joe Hazur that could change the... Uh... <laughs> Hang on. This went wrong. Something got edited wrong in here. What? The councils asked city officials last week to study the feasibility of a ban on driving and parking within a 1.5-mile stretch of Broadway between 1st and 12th Streets. We're not from Los Angeles. This is Los Angeles Times. But if you know 1st and 12th Streets, that's 12 blocks, right? Anyway. <laughs> Math. Broadway is an ideal street to go car-free, Huzar said, because narrow roadways and expanded space for pedestrians have already begun to transform the iconic corridor, eliminating private cars and make it the street safer and more efficient for the streetcar the city plans to build, officials said. Oh. I mean, public oh. trans- if public transportation's run up and down, mm-hmm. I don't know this spot. You know, maybe this is where all the hipsters hang out. Maybe, you know, this isn't probably where the celebrities live, so you can drive around, look at their houses or anything like that. Yeah, there's no star maps being yeah. sold there. But there's probably avocado toast. Maybe. Maybe. From Mexico? <laughs> Avocados from Mexico. You know, I think this is another uh, instance where people view cars as the enemy to modern society. Yeah. We're going to have urban renewal, and we're going to start by getting the cars off the streets, and everyone's going to walk and bike everywhere. Everywhere. It'd yeah. be great. Yeah. We should ban cars, Eric. In fact, we should ban cars and trucks and leaf blowers and lawnmowers and vaccines and news. <laughs> I think, news? Uh, now you get to the Chinese thing. I am. I am. I think uh, L.A. might need to grow up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, didn't Dion Warwick said that L.A. is a great big freeway? You could put a hundred down and buy a car. <laughs> then they uh, they put up a parking lot. Oh, that's like, oh, that's paved paradise and put up a parking lot. Yeah, you can't. You can't have urban redevelopment if your entire metropolitan area is designed around and for the automobile. Much like Los Angeles and the suburbs, and 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 pretty much any suburb uh, after World War II was. You can't get to work. By walking from Reseda to downtown L.A., I don't know. I uh, no, I tend to agree with you. I I see some of these spots like we were in. Uh, was it Naperville? Mm-hmm. A couple weeks ago, I went to the Apple Store, and uh, they made it very street friendly for for people to walk and stuff like that. But you can still drive cars and get to the parking garages and stuff like that. Uh, but they want you to walk when you get there. But ultimately, I can't get to Naperville unless I'm in my car. No, so. no. I think it's great if you live an active, you know, outdoor lifestyle in a great city like the city of Angels, like, like Los Angeles, and you can you can do that if your work supports that things, you know, things of that nature. Yeah. I will also say there is something to be said for having uh, your own independence, and if if you're, I don't know, cars cars are not the enemy. I don't think that that's going to solve anything. Well, and we've got the, the Hyperloop or whatever that thing Elon's doing. The boring company is like making something so you can like park your car underground, I think. So you got that going for you. I was in, uh, we were in a town <laughs> last year. I think it was called St. George. It was in the west side of Scotland. And they blocked off like a five block stretch and basically made it an outdoor mall. You okay. know? So the streets are all cobblestone. It was basically an old street, but it was narrow roads. It wasn't like it was wide enough that you'd want to run two cars wide and park cars on the street mm-hmm. anyway. Um, I, you know, I can see that example. You know, why do we have to have Grand Prairie? You know, why couldn't the Grand Prairie type concept be downtown Peoria? 
you know, and just park your cars, and then there's a two or three block stretch, whatever you walk. I, yeah. I understand that if you want to build around that, but you already have an area here that has existing businesses. It's if we're talking about twelve blocks. Is it realistic and feasible to to knock a lot and say nobody can drive here anymore? I don't know L.A. that well, but who's uh, gonna, who's going to shop there? I don't know. If you go and buy a shirt at Urban Outfitters, yeah, and you live two blocks away, you're only buying so many shirts a year. Yeah. So if it, it's got to be for tourists, right? Maybe. Maybe, Maybe they don't want tourists in their town. <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand. Oh, well, anyway. Want to hear some other dumb California uh, stuff? Yeah, tell me more about California. And I love California and, and all that it has to offer. Uh, but Sacramento, I read, has now made it illegal to do maintenance on your car now, in your driveway. Was this article clickbait? Because I think this might have been a clickbait article. If you look into it, you can still do things like simple oil changes, yes. tire rotations. I mean, they specify in the ordinance yes. what you can and can't do. And if you happen to own your car, that's cool, whatever. Um, but it's not like you're going to be putting a new air locker in your rear end yeah. or doing a complete motor overhaul in your driveway. That's illegal. You can do it in your garage, and that's fine because you can close the door and nobody sees your stuff. But at the same time, um, I think it's also to discourage people that were doing, you know, hey, I'm side work. Yeah, yeah. And that's become a, a Peoria was. I remember being at a city council meeting years ago where they were discussing that. There was a guy who was in the uh, East Bluff. Who the neighbors had consistently called and said, hey, this dude's operating some sort of repair service out of his house. <laughs> boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom, all, the time. all the time, the guy had like, you know, oil running down into the gutter. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's terrible. Yeah. Nobody ever should have to live next to that. And, yeah. and there's there's zoning laws for a reason. Daddy, my feet burn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dogs licking up antifreeze. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Now, I, I, nobody wants to, to, to live with that. They shouldn't have to because that affects the property values for the whole neighborhood. At the same time, if somebody's out there, I mean, I don't know about you, but I grew up in an area where not everybody was super, super well off. So occasionally, one of the people in the neighborhood would be like, yeah, I had to replace the alternator. I got into it and it was, it took too long. You know, two weeks later, you know, Trevor's up the road and he's, you know, he's called in resources to fix whatever he needed to fix because he couldn't do it himself. And he works 12 hour days. I hate, much like we were talking off the show about punishing people who can't afford stuff. On Patreon. Yeah, you can check it out on Patreon. Uh, I, I hate to see laws like this because then it does, to me, seem to discriminate against folks who, hey, would you, just take it to the take that to the repair shop. Well, yeah, sure, if you have the money. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't know. No, and I think there should be a level of, uh, you know, if you can fix it yourself, you do it yourself. I mean, when when do we start coming up with the rules? Well, you can't fix woodwork in your house. You can't fix electric, electrical items in your house. Plumbing? Oh, no, you can't allow you to do that because yeah. you might resell the house and we don't know if it's been certified. Where does it stop? I don't know. I can't I can't. Some say. places have started passing those ordinances. Yeah, but I will say this. Like I said, I think it's kind of clickbait because the thing is about the Sacramento law, uh, this has been on the books in a lot of towns – it, this is not new. It's not necessarily new. Somebody dug it up and they said, "Oh, we're going to make this a huge deal." I uh, think I, it, it seems like it has risen to a level where there's there's some sort of issue. I think in the past, you're, like you're right, it's not new, and I'm sure there's existing code ordinance and stuff on the books. But there's also a, a, a lot of places that have come into this have been uh, homeowners associations and neighborhoods yeah. and kind of residents. Yeah. Who, you know, what do you mean I can't work on my boat with my shirt off and the blah, 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 and the Leonard Skinner blasting blah, 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 at 10 blah. at night? Well, you can't because you live in a neighborhood and the covenants and the 
to me, I used to hear this all the time from guys when I had a Mustang, and everybody was like on the Mustang forums, like, "Yeah, my HOA is gonna kick me out because I got loud mufflers on my car." I'm like, <laughs> "This sucks." Well, those were on the books when you moved in there. To me, this is different because it's a city. Yeah, and I don't like I don't I don't know. If you choose to live in a certain place, if some if this, something like this passed in my city, I'd be pissed. This is why you go to city council meetings. This is why you sit there and you complain. This is why you talk to your local newspaper, and you know this is the type of stuff you have to do. But if you live around a bunch of people who don't agree with you, this is when you move. That's when you say, <laughs> "We're putting a house for sale, honey. We're going to move out to the country." These are not like-minded people. That's no. what you say. Yeah. No, and then you become a doomsday prepper and live in a school bus. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. All right. Uh, on happier news, Daryl, because uh, I, I I always love hearing about your stories at the local auto parts store. The yeah. Investopedia, which I think is just kind of a stock site, says global aftermarket industry is estimated to top $1.4 trillion by 2024. According to Timothy Smith on February 13th, auto parts stocks taking a hit so far this year, tumbling 8.4% to rank among the wor- worst performing in the industry, which is kind of crazy because the markets have gone up quite a bit. A uh, string of analyst downgrades along with worries over mild winter weather and uh, also slow economic growth, see coronavirus, are stifling online co- and stifling online competition mm-hmm. have dented the investor enthusiasm. But projections show that they expect the aftermarket industry to top $1.4 trillion by 2024, and that's up from $1 trillion in 2018. So... Um, I tend to agree with this. I think that the do-it-yourself aspect and, and the fact of Amazon, eBay, get your parts now, uh, I think this is just going to continue, whether it's O'Reilly, whether it's AutoZone. Uh, the brick-and-mortar stores, I think, will do less and less business. I mean, we saw Sears close for the final time here. Yeah. It, 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 is that it? There's no more Sears in the country, or is that just Peoria? No, shut down? just Peoria, but it's it's definitely the, the, middle, the middle markets are all gone. Now, small and middle markets, they're really only in the big, big cities, and yeah. there's only like, you know, a couple now. Yeah, and that's that's an example of a big retailer, but uh, you know, small retailers. Listen, we in Pekin alone, we got uh, AutoZone, uh, Advanced Auto, O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. I don't think CarQuest is still there, but there's a Napa maybe running around. It's just, you know, do you need four part stores in one town? It's hard to say. Yeah, and, and I remember back, you know, when when I. <laughs> Was was working on older stuff and going to the auto parts stores quite a bit. Now I'm I'm going mostly to Rock Auto because the places that I go to locally oh, yeah. they don't have stuff in stock. And like, well, we can order it. Well, dude, so can I. Yeah. And that's the thing that I I used to love when the brick and mortar places locally had an actual stock room with inventory of stuff that I needed. Now it's it's uh they don't carry that much inventory they're going to order it they'll take 2 3 days to get there some of them including the Napa here in Peoria will charge you shipping and freight oh. and i'm like that's we, you know we do that on some big stuff though you know we're a supplier for arb yeah but the arb price has to include shipping and handling cuz it's like $200 for these bumpers and stuff like well, that well yeah I, if it's big oversized yeah, thing yeah. but if it's you know i i think the last thing i got was a master cylinder oh yeah, yeah. we're going to charge you for shipping yeah, i'm like no. dude i i'll have it i'll do it Myself, I'll order it through on the app website, and I'll have it shipped to my door. Yeah. No, O'Reilly's. You know, I when I had that uh, that uh, tie rod in that was bent when I was down at uh, Southern Cruiser Crawl. O'Reilly oh, yeah. was amazing. Yeah. Everything was next day. It was all next day. Okay. And I can tell you, just from our supply chain stuff with Toyota, everything's next day for us because we're near Chicago region. That means a lot. That helps. If we're three and four days out, oh nightmare! I can't even imagine the nightmares. You better start stocking stuff or uh, be prepared for customers to walk out the door. You can't do it. 
Yeah, everybody's into instant gratification. Well, let me ask you this too. I mean, being on the dealer side of things, is there some value to selling somebody who, oh, I I can get a part at O'Reilly's cheaper? Yeah. And you're like, well, but that's not an OEM after you know, it's an aftermarket part. Yeah. It's not an OEM quality part. I so so here's the deal on that because I I, I run this all the time. Hey, Toyotas last twenty and thirty years. I have no doubt about that. So when somebody comes in and says, I need struts for my 2005 Camry, mm-hmm. a 2005 Camry is worth, probably worth two or $3,000 realistically. Sure. But that car could last another five years for this person, and the struts could be terrible. They could be banging all over the place. So I'm going to sit there with a straight face and say, yeah, we can get Toyota struts for you, parts and labor, and it'd be about $2,500. Or could I say, we'll, we'll go down to O'Reilly or Napa, and we'll get you loaded, uh, set up with for 800 or $1,100. I mean... There's a time and a place, and uh-huh. uh, and the other thing about that is I tell people if you get factory stuff, plan on it lasting twice as long as the aftermarket stuff. I've never seen an aftermarket part hold up as long as a factory part. I've seen some just stupid stuff fall apart on those things, but they serve serve a place. And when people say, "Oh, I go down to, I go down to Hemi Jimmy's down there right. in South Peak and get right. it done cheaper," I'm like, "Well, you know what? Here's what I'll do. I'll go get some aftermarket oil, get an aftermarket filter, and I'll do all aftermarket parts. And guess what?" I'll be pretty close to Hemi Jimmy's price down there, but uh, you know that's not how we normally service the cars. But if that's where we need to go with you, I understand. Well, I mean, kudos for for being willing to satisfy the customer. But there's also, I've had in the last couple of months, I've had some friends that have gone to the dealer for other things, either warranty work or other repairs, and they'll come back and say, "Hey, you might need some tires. Here's our price." And of course, the the knee jerk response is always. Oh, that's must. It's dealer. They want. I got to go somewhere else. I'll go get another. I'll get a second opinion. And nine times out of ten, stuff's coming back now. Especially tires, uh, tires, brakes, things that used to cost yeah a fair amount more. And uh, routine wear items, maintenance items. It seems like the service departments are are kind of hey, we'll beat or we'll we'll come close to that price and we'll get you in. I think we'll Ford championed that first short. Ford was doing a tire sale year round all the time and. Uh, yeah, you know, I remember I th- re- hearing about him on the radio. And yeah, stuff. Mike Rowe was the one. You know, Ford dealer got your tires and blah blah. But you know, if 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 the manufacturers got your back on that stuff, means a lot. So if the customers believe that that's the place, get the tires, get the car worked on, yeah, mean, means a lot. So that's you know that's the constant struggle we always have because that's that's the out. People who you know get their car service to dealership, and then as soon as they need tires, that's when we lose them. So yeah. we got to try really hard. Uh, I can see that, and also. I'm the type of person who do a tune-up, uh, put some change and some other like stuff. Yeah. You're going to do a tune-up, uh, put some tires on it. And then it's a one-stop, one appointment. Yeah. I'm not having to book another day and go like leave work early. <laughs> we talked about this last oh. episode, though. Guys are like, well, I'm going to go get my tires rotated down at such and such down the street and you know, get my oil change. Do you have all day? No. Yeah. No. How, how much money did you save? And then, then when you come in, you got a nail in your tire. This happened today. Somebody had a nail in there. Well, I got road hazard down there at uh, Jimmy Bob's. And, uh, well, do you want us to fix it? No, I got to take it down to Jimmy Bob's. Well, you know, I, I love the fact you come in. Don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining. Right. But right. You, you must have too much time on your hands if you got to go two places every time you got to get service done in your car. Was it worth it? How much did you save? Even what? if even if I save two hundred dollars, and this this maybe this says something about me. Maybe I just have too much money. But if I save two hundred dollars on tires, a hundred dollars uh-huh. on tires, was it worth the next two or three years having to go to two different places for service all the time? I won't even cross the street <laughs> to save two cents on a gallon of gas because if it's a busy light, I'm going to be sitting it there yeah. and cross traffic. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, this is on the way. Yeah, I'll just peel off here. Hey, but Farm and Fleet's got an ad that says thirty nine dollar tires. You know. 
Yeah. I'm not buying a $39 tire, but by God, they got one advertised. You know, yeah, and you'll I, be back in six months getting yeah. another $39 tire. <laughs> uh, anyway, we got local news, folks. We do, we do. Spotlight and local. Um, let me let me just uh, let me ask you a question here. What's that, Daryl? How do you feel about electric everything? Uh, I'm I'm a little torn because I, I like a little bit of horsepower and muscle behind it. Do you? Yeah. You like the sound of a of a nice internal combustion engine? Maybe Harley. Well, yeah, I'll get to that here maybe, in a second. Yeah, maybe I, something I, with a little bit of a horsepower behind it. Yeah. What are you getting at, Daryl? Well, what I'm saying is the whole thing with leaf blowers. For those who follow us on Facebook, you probably oh, saw. Yeah, because you you did post something. Yeah. 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 There. <laughs> there is an Illinois state representative. By the name of, I believe it's Lauren Fine or Karen Fine, some somewhere up in, uh, where was she from? Glenview. I don't know. Yeah, I think it was Glenview, the uh, well-to-do Chicago suburbs, and she has a bill. It is a Senate bill, I believe it's thirty-three, thirty-six, that is sponsoring basically uh, the banning of gas-powered leaf blowers by the year twenty twenty-two. And uh, folks who sell them, uh, dealers, things like that, retailers, they would face a five hundred dollar penalty. If they sold them, because you know, again, internal combustion, anything yeah, that burns yeah. gasoline, it's bad. It's bad. So we're gonna we're gonna try to try champion that. And let me just share my recent experience using. Uh, I'll just say a relative's new rechargeable snowblower. Yeah, yeah, I have some thoughts here. Oh, a rechargeable snowblower. Snowblower. Yeah. I'll bet that was great. Well, the the, the idea was uh, as a as a new homeowner, this relative was going to have uh, you know one Ryobi. You know, lithium ion pack, and yeah. then all the stuff would just interchange. Yeah. Lawnmower, leaf blower, uh, weed eater, and snow blower. Big be like 24 volt package. Yeah. 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 Big 40 volt deal. Or whatever. And, and then Home Depot had them on sale. So I'm like, yeah, why not? We'll try it. <laughs> a battery with 100% charge <laughs> does a single drive, all, probably 50 foot driveway, there and back, probably four passes total, and a couple little things to clean it up. And that was it. I went to use it one more, and of course I'm like, yeah, they, they wouldn't have zapped the whole battery. Yeah, it right? frozen at that point. No, no. It uh, powered it back up. The lights came on. Like Wally died. Okay, <laughs> things done. Wally. I had Wally. Yeah, <laughs> I had to come back the next day, put it on the charger, wait overnight, come back, and then of course it was great. But the fact of the matter is, I had to come back and spend two days on a drive because we had got did, more did, snow. Didn't break the shovel out, huh? No, I got a bad back. <laughs> That's my excuse. But, but electric futures, great, sure. We just we need to fix the batteries before we can count on that this, stuff. I mean, this is my Sucks. my rip on this whole thing. I mean, electric everything coming to a garage near you, stacks and stacks of useless batteries. Now, I mean, I, I have yeah. I have pre lithium batteries, just stacks of those uh, those Ryobi ones. Oh, like night night Nikehead or nickel me- metal metal hydride or yeah. whatever. Yeah, and yeah. they're just useless. You can get the I think I can use my power drill for like a minute or two for yeah. it. Like, I got yeah. a craftsman like that. Yeah. And I bought a new. <laughs> what do you do with them? Well, apparently you can go online and there's a company that sells oh, yeah. even better ones. But I can go to Home Depot where they got the two for one sale this week for $35 and get two lithium ion packs. And then, so what am I going to do? I'm going to keep holding on to all these toxic batteries. And then right. when nobody's looking, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to slip them in the garbage. You know what's funny? My son's. <laughs> this is a true story. Kind of a sidebar. Sorry. He found a monitor on the side of the road. He's like, Dad, look, somebody threw out a monitor. Like computer monitor? Yeah, computer monitor. Okay. I'm like, okay, well, there's no cord. What am I going to do with this thing? So he had it in the house here for a while. I'm like, I can't plug this thing. It was probably by the side of the road for a reason. Every time I put it out in the trash, 
the garbage man takes it out and sets it back they on the They won't curb. take them. So that's why he picked up in the first place. Cause he yep. thought, yeah, I'm like, great. So it's sitting out by my, uh, my road today. Here's, here's the same thing. It's going to happen with these stacks and stacks of batteries. Every time you throw one of these things away, they're going to just like throw it back at you and go, no, you need to recycle that properly, which is fine. It oh, probably yeah. should. But there is no policy right now. There's just landfills. If you go by, if you go by Pontiac, Illinois, go north on 55. Mount Trashmore? Well, we call, we call it Trash Mountain. And, uh, you know, and I, I sing the Trash Mountain song every time I go by. Wait, there's but, a Trash Mountain song? Well, that's the song. We, it, as a family, we sing Trash Mountain. No, never mind. Um, anyway, it's just going to be filled with these batteries. And you know it's filled with these batteries right now. It's rotten. Yeah. There's, there's a house you can see that's less than like a quarter mile away from Trash Mountain. And all I can think of is I pray to God they don't have a well at that house. So oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not good. Never mind. Now, now you did have a point when you were talking about this this person. Because I think what you were saying was maybe this person just really just hated the, the noise of ga- leaf blowers, right? Yeah, I mean, they're, they are in, in her defense, in Representative – or Senator, sorry, Senator Fine's uh, defense – Leaf blowers are noisy. Yeah, the two-stroke ones—they smoke, they stink. Uh, you know, I, I understand that, but there's also they—they they serve a need, right? They get a job done. They get rid of leaves, and especially up in the nice suburbs like Glenview, leaves are leaves are a lot less attractive than maybe a little bit of noise and some smoke, right? Yeah, I guess. Uh, here's my thing, because you know, the, like the Prius, they—they—they mm-hmm. they, they make. For EV cars now, people are making like hood scoops that have like uh, you know burly Mopar sounds, stuff like sure. that. So he's like, womp, womp, womp. I've been doing a lot of womp, womp, womp this episode. I'm yeah. not sure what that's all about. Yeah, um, car noises. But I'm just thinking that uh, maybe at some point people become just, just so combative on this stuff that we just start putting those kind of noises on all kinds of devices. So it would be like, even though it's electric, you'll put something like that on there just to annoy your neighbors. And then, and then, and then, at, at what point does it stop? Really? I mean, oh no, my phone just died. You're just gonna just fire it up like yeah. like a little bit of fake Harley noise. Yeah, and- I mean, and you could even be in the dorm room and have like a. What if your electric toothbrush makes that noise just to piss off your dorm mate or something like that? You know, oh, you know, <laughs> my, you know, my weed eater, my electric car. Yeah. Electric toothbrush, everything can have that noise. It's all digital. We can do whatever we want. We can. Yeah. You can put a little, like, uh, I don't know, your Keurig will be next. Yeah. Oh, Keurig would be amazing. Just drop bum, the bum, thing bum, in bum, there. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> well, as opposed to the, the Keurig cough. Or <clears throat> it is. <clears throat> the Keurig is a weird sounding machine. It needs an overlay of it some does. kind of electronic, you know, muscle sound. <laughs> even, if, even if it was just like, even if it was just like, I'm making your coffee. That sounds like it's taking a poop, but uh, that's... I mean, it would work, too. Yeah. It'd be comical in the break room, but yeah, I'd, I'd also go with, like, you know, 5-7 Hemi. Yeah. Or, you know, just screaming. It'd be better than... <laughs> that's what it does at the very end. It's great. Or, like, a, a ZR1 Corvette or something. Yeah. Anyway. I don't, we'll work on that with the R&D department. Uh, let's talk about things that tick us off. Uh, I think I feel yeah. like this oh, yeah. whole week we've been doing that on <laughs> this episode. Apparently we're upset with it's, everything. Man, it's winter. Daryl, is something in your craw? This is where uh, Daryl takes his craw and tries to unlodge something. I do. It is a very large craw. Uh, <laughs> I was actually at the big and tall store getting clothes for it. But uh, this week, the, uh, the thing that kind of irritates me is only uh, – it's out of love – uh, I know a lot of folks share things or they'll message things and say, hey, man, the thought of you. Check this out. I saw this on Facebook. Thought of you. 
and I love my friends. I love my family. And I love everybody that thinks of me. I, I should just take that and just run with it. And you be should. Grateful. You ungrateful person. I am. But if anyone shares the DeLorean is going to build another car and it's going to be electric and it's going to like be 1985 again and life is cool. Great. Uh, I've seen that. I've seen it on Facebook about 40 times in the, the 2000 groups that I'm in and I've seen it shared and, and it does nothing for me. And I hate to say that because uh, the DeLorean, the DMC 12 is, is one of the iconic cars of the 1980s. Sure. Everybody that grew up watching Doc and Marty, just rip around time with the, the the DeLorean. I think that's great. It's a wonderful car, but I think it's time has come, and I think it's gone, and I think it is in the past. Uh, do you remember a couple of years ago, Eric, when Nike made the DeLorean Dunk sneakers? No, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, check out Air DeLorean Dunk, I oh, believe geez. is what it is. Was John even still alive? Yeah. No, no, he's, he died. Uh, he died in, like, what, the 90s? Maybe. <laughs> I don't um, know. But Nike came out, I think in like 2007 or 8, they made a sneaker called the DeLorean Dunk. And uh, I tried to go online because they, they pumped that up. Like, hey, everybody like, remembers? Like Marty McFly? <laughs> no, see, that's what I thought it was going to be. They hyped it up. I thought it was going to be like, yeah, like the uh, Back to the Future 2 DeLorean yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. Uh, no, no. It was basically just a silver <laughs> shell with like DeLorean taillight uh, inspired tread. Oh, my With multicolors and okay. stuff. I went online to try to reserve a size 13. They were sold out within like mm, a minute. And then on the secondary market, they were on eBay and everywhere else for like three, $400. Yeah. Stupid. Still want some. But I think it's time that we stop fantasizing about what was moderately cool back in the day. Yeah. And let's face it, the DeLorean was moderately cool when it was new. I don't know. See, here's the deal because we get into Cars of the Week and, you know, so we, we, we dig up cars and and we know even if they've been perverted and changed over and stuff like that mm-hmm. you know we still kind of dig them is it just the fact that maybe the delorean needs a couple more years to to what do i want to say uh to age like fine like, wine like yeah, like a fine <laughs> a fine claret no i don't i think that the delorean actually i think it aged i think it peaked in like 89 you think so i think that the robert Zemeckis back to the future films uh, were single-handedly responsible for adding coolness but, to that machine. But if we were to take those movies away, I think that the, it would take probably another 10 years or so before those cars would start to drift back, I think. Maybe. Maybe 20, 25 years. Yeah. But even when they were new, they had a, a Peugeot, Renault, Volvo, 2.8 V6, a crappy five-speed or an automatic. I think that you could get an automatic. <laughs> they were really underpowered. Yeah. They looked great, but that was about it. I don't even know if they looked great, but they had the the, the gold wing doors. I mean, yeah. gold, anything with gold wing doors to me is going to make me turn around and take a look at it, no, no, no matter that. what it is. Yeah. The biggest problem with that is they all look alike. <laughs> so, hey, look at me. I got a DeLorean. And if, you, if you've left it alone and you preserved it, it doesn't look any different than the other DeLorean next to it. Not at all. So, Not at all. What was the point of that? And anybody who's a DeLorean purist, if you start putting in, like, flux capacitors and, like, stuff yeah, from the movie, yeah, they're like, yeah. oh, oh, you're one of those people. Yeah. Like, dude, that's what made that car cool. Yeah. If it's just a regular little V6 stainless weird. Boring. Sp- boring. Yeah. It's lame. Yeah. Put something cool in it. I'm a purist, Daryl. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that's what that's what's stuck in my craw, it's, Eric. It seems like you got it out. Good uh, for you. Thank you. It's it's cathartic to to just kind of get it it's out. Kind of like a curg the way you spit that thing out. A little bit burf. All right. So what are you all ticked <laughs> off about this week? All right. So on social media, I could have put this in Twism earlier, but uh, again, here come the pictures. Here come the photos of people being stupid. Uh, some <laughs> off road vehicles have damaged Death Valley Wilderness, and what? so so here we go. 
Death Valley National Monument, National Park, National Forest, whatever it is. Uh, you got people going out in, in, in the salt flats, going out in the desert when the weather's bad. It doesn't matter if the weather's bad or not. Just driving all over the place, doing whatever the heck they want. And uh, then they, when they drive away, they leave tracks everywhere. And all it takes is one social media post. I don't doubt for one second this happened 20, 30, 50 years ago. And I have no doubt that my parents might have done this stuff and their grandparents. But now in this day and age with social media, somebody can take a picture of something. Oh, my God, look what these cars were doing out here in Death Valley. Probably nothing different than what was going on out there 50 years. But now we can make it look like the automobile has basically wrecked everything and it makes it look terrible. And and this goes back to something I've been saying before. You know, there's uh, there's organizations, Stay the Trail, um, that, that and Tread Lightly, that are all about four-wheelers being conscientious when they're on the trails and making sure that they don't do stupid things like getting away uh, and making new trails or in, and harming the environment. And then you have this showing up. And what happens is, invariably, no matter how much good those other organizations do, you have just groups clamoring for the banning of automobiles out in these national parks and stuff like that. So uh, my thing is, for God's sakes, and people just stay on the friggin' trail. You yeah. know, yeah. we don't need to carve a new path. There's a, This is the United States. Everything's been driven over by a car. You're not going to find a spot in the United States that hasn't been driven over by a car. So you're not going to find a new trail. So just enjoy what you got. Be responsible. And, and for God's sakes, uh, just... Just quit climbing all over the place. And I think the biggest problem, and, I, and I've been railing on this for a while, is the razors, the 4x4s, the side-by-sides that can go anywhere and do anything. You know what? They can go anywhere. They can do anything. And you know what? There's a tree in front of you. Likely you can get around that tree and just chew everything up and go wherever you want. But that's not the point of those vehicles. The point is to kind of get you out and get you remote. But you need to take the trail as much as possible. There, there's no point in it. You're just destroying everything. Go to an off-road park. If you want to see what that thing can do, Go to the quarry over the Badlands, flip that thing over, drop off a couple, you know, rock ledges and stuff like that. And guess what? You'll probably be fine. You'll probably bounce around and roll all over and just you know, roll back over on, you know, on on four wheels and drive away. And that's the best part about those things. But they are not designed to be out in the wilderness. All they do is screw things up. So that's my craw this week, Daryl. All right. So pick up after yourself. Be a good human being, for God's sake. decent. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you have an EV one, nobody cares because you're still chewing up everything. You're still ruining it. <laughs> you're ruining this country. Nobody, nobody even cares if it's powered by gas. It's your tready tires. That's right. It's tready. <laughs> All right. So now we've reached the segment of the program. Oh, I wish my phone was working. I was going to play it if I had a million dollars. Is that your? Is that our theme? I think it should be the theme song. It should be segment. the theme. Yeah, even uh, just the instrumental lead-in. I like that. Yeah. I like if that. I had a million dollars, I'd buy a Morris Minor. Oh, I thought it was Reliant uh, K-Car, which is Dodge Harry's <laughs> is. He does say a K-Car. A nice Reliant automobile. Yeah. I Anyways. Think, anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, we're, so we're going back to, to Great Britain here. What, yeah, uh, Eric? Yeah. So I, have, I have two cars of the week. I'm going to do this really quick. So we did have a message from a listener over in the U.K. this week, Daryl, uh, if you saw this from Johnny Hale. Johnny had a couple Toyotas, but he blew both those up. And I think, I'm not sure what he's driving right now. Uh, he's got an Audi A4 right now, 2001. And he'd had some track time on that car, so that's pretty cool. So, Johnny, this one goes out to you. This one's for Johnny Hale. Johnny, angry Johnny. Anyway. Uh, I heard that song. This is a very musical episode tonight, by the way. <laughs> musical. I don't know if that's good or bad. Anyway, I'll we'll hear it. Yeah. We'll hear about it. Yeah. Anyway, I had. Uh, 
I had chosen this car on a whim. I really love the look of this 1958 Morris Minor. It's for sale in Woodstock, Illinois. It's on Facebook Marketplace just over a week ago. It's $7,800. And this little Morris Minor is white. It's a two-door. Like Daryl, we talked pre-show. This thing's about the size of a VW, but it's, it's a front-engine rear-wheel drive. And uh, they took the front bumper off it for transport. But you know what? It has this really cool, like, sublime, aggressive look to it. It does. And uh, anyway, I... It was not going to be my car of the week, but then, like I said, Johnny Texas, I said, all right, anyway, I put that car in there. So it's cool. I think that that car could be a ton of fun if you modified it and uh, lowered it. Oh, my God. I just, I, all I can think of is like the uh, the drag race punk movies of the 50s and stuff like that. There's always like a, a miner sitting in the background somewhere where somebody gets up on it, you know, right. the, the kid with the Jughead hat on or something <laughs> like that. You know, he wasn't the star of the movie. He was driving a Morris Minor, but uh, something cool about it. The underdog. Yeah. My real selection of cars of the week this week, Daryl, is a 1989 Porsche, Porsche 944 S2. Sorry. It's in Liberty, Missouri. It's seventeen. It's prime Porsche country, right? <laughs> That's why it's a value price of seventeen thousand nine hundred dollars. <laughs> Driven ten thousand miles, got a manual transmission. But here's the deal on this one, Daryl. It says mm. it's in good condition. This mm-hmm. is a track car. Car number five ninety two. It's got the race stripes. It's got the uh, the roll cage. It's got everything in it. This car is ready to be autocrossed. It's uh, a SP three class PCA club racer. It was put in storage around 2010, and it was pulled back out of storage in 2018, and purpose-built for WRL class racing. Oh, man. So it, it's checking all your boxes. Oh, my God. It's kind of kind of getting me kind of excited, I hate to say it. A little so, bit. A little bit. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of like the, the, the end of the 944 before it morphed. Did it morph into like the 968 or something? See, I can't speak. I'm not a Porsche guy. All I can say is this would, you know, here we go. 1989. What year did I graduate? 1989. Okay. Right. You, you have an eye for a car and something sings to you. Well, amazingly enough, it's always just right about the time you graduate high school or something like that. True. Uh, you know, this car, is it's front engine, rear drive, and uh, just the lines on this car and knowing, you know, how, how that would lay out on, on the track just looks like a ton of fun. The other fact about a car like this, it doesn't have any of that automatic stuff. And there's nothing stopping right. me from just kind of running this thing around. And just feeling that back end kind of break free. So it, mm-hmm. it would be a ton of fun. Uh, plus, it has a stall header and custom exhaust. Oh, hey. Well, you we're, know. We're now out of business because I'd love to get some stall swag. <laughs> that would be sweet. Can we send some stickers? Oh, oh no. No, we don't. can't. We can't. We've been bought by Holly or something. Bosh. Yeah. <laughs> now it's got this is really cool too because it has the uh, the kind of the wider body of the of the later 944 yes. the, the S2s and then this guy actually has like the chin spoiler with the little struts to kind of hold it down uh it's got the nice fasteners to keep the hood uh, uh, hood down and it's got uh headlight so the, did that have flip up headlights yeah they did they did um and i i can't remember i think this is the derivative of the 924 which came out in the like the late 70s yeah that car was terrible though it was it was like a volkswagen motor basically and stuff but this thing like the 944 i know a lot of porsche purists get like their hackles up when whenever somebody says and i don't really like when i see a 944 there's a, yeah. a nice one in north peak and a red one the body shop uh friend of mine owns one. Oh, really but i look at them like yeah it is what it is this is a race car daryl it is it is yeah. it is but the, the but the chassis i mean it's front engine rear wheel drive and you have a nice wheelbase. The thing would probably do great on a road course. Oh, yeah. I think that the, the the only downfall with these, like the 928s were very similar, except a little wider, and they had a big honking V8 in them. I think the downside with these guys is unless you got the turbo, 
they didn't have the power. They yeah. were a great handling, great running car. If you throw some more power their way, they probably would do really, really well. So uh, does this one have a turbo? Uh, I don't know, because once I showed it to my wife, it wasn't going to happen anyway. It wasn't. So. <laughs> it's like, mm, no. <laughs> says it's got a three-liter engine. It was rebuilt in 2019. It's got 20 hours on it. Um, anyway. That's fresh motor. Yeah. Spec 3 clutch, baby. Yeah, and it's got Hank's Hot Rod's chrome alloy cage, professionally tigged by 515 Motorsports. Oh, well. Famous in Missouri. In Mizzou, as I like to say. In Liberty. Liberty, Missouri. Liberty. Anyway, Daryl. All right, you don't nice seem car. to have the racing prowess going on here. What do you got on this uh, this guy here? No, I went old I school. I see palm trees, by the way. I do. Uh, this is an ad from uh, somewhere in Cal- I'm sorry, Arizona. This is Arizona. It's a California car. It is a 1967 Ford Mustang. I believe it's an A-Code 390 Coupe. And uh, I uh, don't – if anybody's a Mustang expert, you can like A-Code, C-Code, whatever. I don't. You're care. speaking Greek to me, bud. Anyways, the bottom line is it's a it's it's a really beautiful kind of a uh, like a butternut yellow with a black vinyl top. I don't know what the hell you call it. <laughs> like <laughs> my grandpa had shoes these color. I'm not sure he called them butternut. It's 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 <laughs> Chlorfam shoes. Is that is that what he had? I don't know. <laughs> Looks good with a laser shoot suit. Yeah, um, he had a belt to match. Magnum wheels, uh, the black vinyl top. It also has all kinds of other options besides having the big honking FE390 motor. Uh, this thing actually has like an overhead console with map lights. It's got the rally pack. It's got full gauges. It's got um, um, pretty much the, the little, um, what do you call them, the turn signal indicators in the hood. Oh, yeah. Those are, those are an add-on. Nice. And it has a factory AC setup. It has all kinds of cool options. It's an automatic car. Don't let that you know dissuade yeah. you though. It's it's a beautiful beautiful car. Almost, I like this era of Mustang. It's kind of that you know sixty seven sixty eight. So they got a little mm-hmm. little wider, a little more creature comforts in them. Um, they're they're still a pony car, but I think they they this one is is much like a Cougar XR seven. It grew up a little bit, and so you you actually have some good looks, but you still have the brute power. And I would love to take something like this on a, on a vintage rally or like Dude, this the, would be a fun car. Oh, the Hemmings Great Race. This car would just kill. Yeah, it would kill. Uh, and and it'd be fun to drive year round, no matter where you're at, because it's got air conditioning. And I'm fat and old and sweaty, <laughs> and air conditioning is nice. <laughs> now, what I love when you describe the uh, the hood the hood lights that tell you the blinkers, the mm-hmm. blinker indicators. I, it, instantly, I, I dreamed of a chrome wand that came out about. 12 inches <laughs> right. with just a black stem on it. You yeah. just click and just, just tack it down. Nice, yeah. like super loud. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but just that flasher. just that chrome wand. I mean, nothing like nowadays, you know, where everything's got like multi-functions in the yeah. device. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, you get the wiper and cruise and everything else yeah, in it. No. Exactly. Now, this thing, it's a great road car. And I, I know the Mustangs are overplayed. Everybody likes to do like the Shelby tribute cars and the, you know, the bullet tributes and just kind of like, this is before all this is the, the this is the car this is the car that kind of started it all it is and and it's also very it's flashy but understated there's something about the coupe the coupes were either super cheap plain jane six cylinder like i want a mustang you know yeah. like that's cool and then you also had the ones that were like this which were just upscale road cars almost like a a gt car so this is a Landau top type thing on there, or what? Yeah, it's like a it's a vinyl top. Okay. And uh, out in California, uh, even though there's no rust on those California cars and Southern cars, the cars are the vinyl tops. 
you got to watch because the vinyl tops hide, especially along that body seam where they, the, they hold some moisture in there. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. I've seen people, they'll take a really nice, oh, it's a California car. There's no rust. Uh, the paint's faded. Yeah. They'll, they'll take them and they'll take the top off and they'll, they'll buzz them all down to bare metal. Yeah. Uh, to get them repainted, and when they take that vinyl top off, it's like, ooh, half the metal comes with it. So always a little leery, but... One of my service advisors a couple of years ago bought a, a Mitsubishi Montero uh, on Facebook for like $1,000. It was it was mint. It was cherry. The thing... The old school per- one? The real high top? No, it was the, the Montero Sport. Okay. Um, but it looked great, and you know he got a decent deal on it, and he was going to do some stuff with it, but it had a bra on it, on the, on the, the hood. And so first thing you do, because the old man owned it, he... Start taking that bra off. Dude, that hood didn't exist under that bra. Swiss cheese. It was crumbling all over the place. I'm like, all that did was murder that hood. It was terrible. That's too bad. Did he still have it? I got it. This is the guy that I'm talking about was uh, kind of a serial flipper. So. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so I think he sold it to somebody else within a week. It disappeared. Left the bra, put the bra back. Oh on. yeah, absolutely. Looks great. <laughs> bra, 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 bro. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, have we spent our virtual currency? I think we have. All right. Have we spent all of our I, I brownie think, points on I, listeners? I, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I think we we gave a shout out to Angry Johnny. Sorry, sorry, Johnny. I didn't. You know, you may be the, the nicest guy in the world. You may be. It was hey. a song. It was a popular song it here was. in the states. Name yeah. that artist. Meredith. No, Meredith Brooks. No, no. Poe. Was it Poe? It was Poe. It was Poe. Yeah. I'm gonna listen to that on the way home. It's a good tune. Good album. Anyway. Yeah, so, we're going to skip the, the Elon Musk uh, moment of must this week. You know what? I've never done that, I think, in the last couple episodes. You've done but, it once. Have I? This is the second time. So yeah. Elon's kind of he's kind of pissed off the green people in Germany, but uh, all he did was you know talk about water stuff on Twitter, and it wasn't much fun. So I think Jeff actually was having more fun with launching, launching rockets, uh, you know, and uh, sorry, I'm not doing a moment of Bezos. <laughs> How about Bezos, <laughs> Bezos beeswax? I think that will be a new segment on the show. Watch for that in a future episode, maybe. Yeah. When they start building cars at Amazon, you know, we could talk about Rivian. You know, there's there's things we can be talking about. We're watching Rivian. Rivian is getting money. Everybody's talking about Rivian. Rivian's posting videos. Uh, you know, Amazon's going to be building delivery trucks over there. Right. We're literally talking from where we're recording right now, uh, 20 minutes from the studio. Yeah. But I have yet to see a car roll out of the Rivian plant, so no. I'm still skeptical on this whole thing. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't buy it, but I, I'd like to. I yeah. think an EV truck would be cool. Yeah, there was a whole, there was a whole thing they did. The Detroit Free Press did an article on their design facility up in Detroit and stuff like that. They, these guys can talk, man. They can talk, talk, talk. Would it be funny if it was the ultimate? Ponzi scheme slash Baba Booey of the world. <laughs> like, Amazing. I just walked away with 500 mil. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's a, he, like a helicopter takes RJ Scaringe or whatever his name is. <laughs> he just flies to the moon. He just go. he just actually goes to the moon and disappears <laughs> and just eats like camembert and drinks claret. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. We're jealous. And actually, if there is a job opportunity, you know, Eric and I are available. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you need the social media director at Rivian. On the moon. We'll see. Yeah, we will not get the job, likely. All right. Probably not. So you have suffered through another episode of Throne Wrenches podcast. We do appreciate your effort. Congratulations. Uh, if you want to hit us up with some suggestions or some recipes for, I don't know, summer grilling. Yeah, or home brewing. Home brewing recipes, we'll take those. Or whatever your favorite antifreeze to feed the dog. 
Or if you have ideas for uh, doing a road road rally with Daryl and I this summer, we need to make that happen. Let's let's try and figure out how to do it. Info at throwingwrenches.com. Seriously, don't feed the dog antifreeze. It's terrible. But uh, well, let's do the road rally. Let's make that happen. Yeah, that is something we should do. You can also follow us on Facebook. You can uh, follow us on our website, throwingwrenches.com, without the G. And uh, what else? What else? Uh, we're on YouTube, but we haven't done much on YouTube. We're going to try. That, is as, that a goal? as we do the car show and the uh, cars and coffee season, we're going to make that happen. Okay, we're going to we're going to try to make that a real thing. The uh, the throwing wrenches, mighty art player is going to do some makeup and get some stuff. We got props. Definitely yeah. got props. Yeah. All right. Thanks again for listening. This is Eric Stahl. I'm Daryl Scott. We'll see you next time.